Hello folks, this is Michelle Earhart, staff writer for Tom's Hardware with the September 30th edition of the Tom's Hardware Show. Here we are with uh, Tom's Hardware Editor-in-Chief, Abram Pilch, to discuss the upcoming release of Windows 11. With no further ado, let's play the theme. Ooh, little musical today. Well, you know, it's they say dance like no one is watching, so that's what I do when the uh, when you have when no one's playing, watching when no one's watching. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, welcome back for another week. Uh, as always, I am your host Michelle Earhart, and today I'm joined by our esteemed editor in chief, Abram Pilch. Abram, how are you? All right, not bad. Been spending a lot of time. Uh, with the new Windows that's coming out. Uh, and of course, with playing with my 3D printers. But uh, that's life. I'm not sure which one of those sounds like it would be more work. But I guess we'll discuss that uh, in a bit. So yeah, Windows 11 uh, releases on October 5th. That is Tuesday of next week. Yes, just check my calendar. I can count. Um so with that release coming up and this being our last chance to talk to you guys about it live before it shows uh before it comes out we've decided to dedicate the majority at least of the show to discussing windows 11 taking your questions abram's got some uh demos prepared for us that we're gonna try to hook up if the tech allows us and uh, we have some questions from social media prepared ahead of time but uh, as always, feel free to leave your questions down in the doobly-doo below, and we'll go ahead and uh, address them as they come in. Uh, so without further ado, Avram, what has your... Oh, I should also uh, specify we're looking at the Windows Insider build today uh, because Windows 11, of course, isn't available to the public, although this build should be pretty similar to... Okay, it's... it's by the so window and keeping up with this or keeping up with every twist and turn of it uh starting in june windows 11 went into public beta meaning if you were one of the millions of windows insiders and anyone can sign up to be a windows insider so i would consider that open to the public and since anyone can join for free um you were able to download beta versions of Windows 11 and every week or two, there'd be a new build coming out. And as with all Windows Insider things, you have a choice of channels. You could be in the like the dev channel, which is the like most early beta, or you could be in like the beta channel, which is a little bit sooner, or you could be in the pre-release channel, which is closest to being ready for prime time. And Right now, the build that is in the pre-release channel, which I'm going to show you in a second when I share my screen, is um, 22,000.194 is believed to be exactly what people are going to get on the 5th. So, uh, and if it's not, the whatever tiny changes there would be are probably bug fixes or things that you wouldn't notice. So when I show you this, it's, this is really pretty much the final, right? right? And it's available and it is available to the public because anyone 
anyone can go and get and download this. You don't even need to to join the Windows. Well, I guess you have to sign up for the Windows Insider program on, on Microsoft.com. But you, you don't even need to have an existing Windows PC. You could like download the ISO file from Microsoft and install that. So so for free. So there's there this I would consider this pretty public. It's just whether they consider it uh, final, final or, or not. Yeah. It'll be considered final, final on October 5th. Now, the way that Microsoft has set, set it, they are not going to release it to everybody on the 5th. The, right. what that, They're going to roll it out over the course of a few months over Windows Update, correct? But you can correct. get around that. Right. So by roll it out, they mean have Windows Update say to you, hey, we'd like to install Windows 11. So if you, I don't think that they're going to do that to a ton of PCs on the 5th because they've said that they want to roll it out gradually. However, should you just go and get the ISO file, which we have tutorials on a tutorial on how to do, you don't need to wait. In fact, you could do it now. Um, so although you would be on what's technically an insider build. I think on the 5th, there will probably be an ISO available that is considered the release build, but it may very well be the same version number. It may very well be 22,000.194. But my understanding, at least, uh, from the, especially from the news stories we've been publishing, is that the version of Windows 11 on the preview and beta channels is basically feature complete and any features that won't go in the live uh, version on the 5th are actually being worked on in the dev channel now. Or, okay, so I see we have some questions and I also can share, share the screen. Um, awesome, okay, well then uh, no reason to wait. Uh, let's go ahead and jump in with our first question while Avram goes ahead and gets the screen set it. Uh, set up. Will Windows 11 give any performance increase for creators and gamers, or is it just an interface refresh, asks Oliver. Hmm. What do you think, Michelle? So I'm going to hide Oliver's question because I think it's over the biggest uh, interface refresh thing. Uh, to me, Windows 11 seems mostly like an interface refresh at the moment. It is promising um to bring direct storage to windows which is the api on xbox that uh, tries to reduce the amount of cpu cycles that the ssd needs to have in order to load its uh assets so it pulls directly or more directly from the ssd however they actually announced in july that that is not a windows 11 exclusive that will be coming to windows 10 as well um so i suppose we'll have to wait and see how much of a, a performance increase it offers rather than simply a UI change. Yeah, so Paul is doing, uh, Paul, Deputy Managing Editor Paul Alcorn is doing some testing and we expect uh, to get some definitive numbers for this shortly. My experience having used Windows 11 for several months, both uh, both in virtual machines uh, on my desktop and as the main operating system on my laptop is that it is not faster. It at best is the same. 
and at worst i have noticed some sluggishness on my laptop although it's hard to say it seems to have gotten better in the last few builds and um it's hard to say whether there's other problems at bay with my laptop so I, but microsoft hasn't made a lot of performance claims what they have said is that for gamers they are going to have features where they take advantage of um you know pre uh, of some of the amd memory preload options uh they're going to take advantage of some of the new scheduling that's available in alder lake cpus so those things could if you have the right hardware take better advantage of it although it's not 100 percent clear that those features won't be coming to windows 10 anyway so it is primarily to be real honest, is primarily an interface refresh. And it's pretty clear that Microsoft just decided to call this Windows 11 so that they could make kind of a more marketing splash because in some of the original builds, the build, the first builds, the build number actually said like uh, Windows 10 H2 update, meaning this was probably originally planned to be the second half update, which we normally get a couple of Windows 10 updates. And the, the features are, the main update cha interface changes are A, in, in my opinion, A, not that impressive, and B, in some cases, a step backwards. Uh, but that that's certainly a matter of, of opinion. So we should point out that um there while performance might not change there are a few advertised changes aside from the ui uh which is that it's supposed to be more touch friendly um including the ability to run android apps officially without needing to go for a third-party emulator uh that hasn't been made available to the public yet so we have not been able to test that um but maybe surface uh tablets now can actually feel like you're using a tablet um, and this also is supposed to be more secure, uh, supposed to be because it forces you to use TPM, uh, which has been a big kerfuffle uh, for Windows 11 ever since it was announced. Do you have opinions on that, Avram? Yeah, I think I think it's like fine. It's okay that it has TPM. I mean, it's not 100% clear that TPM is a panacea for security. Uh, enforcing TPM, I guess. Uh, gives it some more security, although they could, again, have made that optional. Uh, and, and there are ways to get around the requirement at the moment, although you, they, will they will probably break at some point. Uh, the, the hardware, considering that the operating system doesn't do much different, doesn't perform, doesn't seemingly perform differently, doesn't have any visual flair that seems like it needs more performance to work, uh, like back in the day, those who remember like Windows Vista uh, had all the that transparent bling and that really was a tax on your graphics card. But here, the the look and feel of the OS, if I go in and actually start touching some stuff in it, you know, I don't see this as being so graphically intense that it requires more performance. But yet, you if you do not have an eighth generation CPU or newer, or I believe a, a Ryzen 2000 or newer, uh, the, the support lists exclude you uh, 
Um, so technically, that's you make part of why I haven't been testing Windows Insider because I'm actually I'm going to sound ancient here, but my desktop that I'm streaming from right now is running on a sixth generation CPU. But you know, I I can use it fine for everything I need. So I don't know. Uh, if it's just going to be UI refresh, though, I don't see the need to update. But that's something we can get into later. Uh, so I know we have some more questions, but do you want me to give a brief tour? Yeah, you mentioned features? that we've been talking about how the big thing of this is the the interface. So why don't you dive a bit into like what your experience using Windows 11 has been like? Okay, so first of all, this is the default background, and I have a I have a kvetch about this. I would I like my default background to actually look like Windows, and this is just some kind of flower. Yeah. Uh, they don't uh, where's have... my Windows XP meadow? Yeah, I mean, that had a meadow, right? But previous Windows is like 10 had actually like the Windows logo being used in some way. But here, this is the default wallpaper and none of the built-in wallpapers, which I'll show you um, the personalized menu here. None of these built-in wallpapers has has like the oh, Windows window. logo in it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, while you're while we're here, you can see that the settings menu looks a bit different. It pretty much has all the same stuff, but it looks a little bit like a little nicer. It has things a little bit. Uh, I mean, the organization is basically the same. Things look a little bit tighter, and I think in some cases there are submenus that you can go to that weren't submenus before. It's not. It's not you know radical change, right? I mean, I guess it's noticeable change. Um, obviously, the start menu is a big deal, and that's the first thing that people will notice: the start menu and the taskbar. So it's centered by it's centered by default, uh, and rather than showing you like an A to Z list of all your apps or having live tiles, no more live tiles or, or dead tiles, no no tiles. I don't right. mind that. <laughs> yeah, I never liked the live tiles. I mean, they looked cute. But they were really, I used to call them lie tiles because they weren't very truthful with you. Like, for example, the email one would show you your latest email and then you would click on it and I would expect to go to that email, but it would just take you to the inbox. There's because, so much advertising in them too. Because they would make you think like, oh yeah, look, this is an important thing. Like there's an important piece of news here. Click this. But you would just get transported to the app, not to mm -hmm. the thing that was advertised on the tile. So it was deceptive, I I, I feel. Um, so the live tiles were lame. Um, so just as good to get rid of them. But here you have like these things, you don't have, um, I guess you can scroll down. These are the ones that are pinned. And then if you want the A to Z list, you gotta click this to go to another screen and you, you can go to the A to Z list. To me, it feels like a lot of wasted space here. Like. There's just a lot of white space here. I mean, the recommended list, I guess, will fill up uh, once you use things more. I mean, this is kind of a fresh install that I did last night. But uh, the thing that I really dislike is the search. So Windows search has become so important. And a lot of times when I'm going to launch an app, I'm just going to search for it, right? Yeah, I love uh, Windows search as it exists right now. So it is it is on the taskbar, but it's not a box that you can go to. You have to click this, or if you're in the start menu, you can do it. Um, but once you click in here, it just automatically opens this menu. It hmm. has to be in this menu, right? So That's clunky. Control panel, right? 
I hate it when something sort of transports you to another place. Like, I get it. It's not really going very far. And you can still get there by hitting, like, Window S. So it's not, as, it's not really more clicks, but it's just annoying. I really liked having it on, right there on the taskbar. Type bar. here to search in the taskbar. Yeah, and they don't they don't do that. There's anymore. no option for that. The other thing I noticed is that the um all the icons in the taskbar are centered and I know you can change that, but yes. there's no option to put a, a the search window on the taskbar. No, you cannot you cannot put the search box on there, but what you can do is you can go and I think test it's under taskbar behaviors and you can put it all on the left. Now, what you can't do, although there's a registry hack for this, is you can't move the taskbar to the left or top or right. There is a registry hack for it, which may or may not keep working. Um, so, when you, but you can move it to the left. You so, mean having it like vertically aligned? Or... Yeah, because you could do that in prior windows. Mm -hmm. Also, prior that's how windows, my boyfriend has it on this computer behind me. And in prior windows, you could also like resize it by dragging it up or something like that. I can't do that here. Uh, so those that's functionality that that you've lost. The other thing that you can't do really is ungroup. So uh, in previous uh, windows, what you could do is let's say I had multiple Microsoft Edge uh, windows or something, right? Uh, you can see that this is a new install because it's giving me the uh, making me go through all this to, to launch Edge the first time. But anyway, um, yes, yes, I feel very welcome. Wow, now. I love Edge. <laughs> anyway, so if I complete the setup and confirm or whatever. On the edge of uh, my seat. You know, and I do that, right? The uh, If I do all that, you can see it stays in one, well, it's going to stay in one thing, and you cannot ungroup them. So, and have multiple icons like you can on other windows. The, uh, um, the thing... Um, another new feature that you have here is the virtual desktops. Uh, you do have more control over them. So you had virtual desktops before, but here you can actually like um, change the background on different virtual desktops. Um, so you can more easily distinguish one from another. I can uh, see that being nice for work from home. Yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is the widgets thing. So the widgets, uh, so the widgets thing is, um, again, is basically giving you, I guess, what you could have gotten on the homepage of, M of MSN. Now, uh, and if you click any of these, by the way, they will automatically open an edge, whether you have edges, your default browser or not. Uh, Although there is there is a workaround for that too, but not an official one. It's almost vaguely like a. I mean, it reminds me of what happens when you swipe all the way to the left on a smartphone. Um, but it's also vaguely similar to the live tiles, but perhaps a bit more usable. Right. So, but what what you lose there is in Windows 10, uh, recent builds of Windows 10, you had the temperature and weather over here in the uh, lower right, and you no longer have that. So if you want that, you have to open the widgets. How will Which, I know? It's 65 degrees and mostly cloudy. I mean, I actually kind of, I mean, you could easily turn that off in Windows 10, but I actually kind of like that because by putting the information in my face, I actually was aware of it. Yeah, that um, I'm not kidding. That's I'm looking at that right now. Right. So it's like, 
it's making you overall, I just feel like they make you click more for less. Uh, and then the other, the thing that bothers me the most, the big, I mean, the search box bothers me, but the thing that bothers me the most, the most annoying thing is the context menus. So uh, they have limited the context menus to maybe a maximum of, I think this is like eight items, but it's not just uh, that it's a limit of eight items. It's that there could be, um, you know, something like here, I'm going to create a text file. Right. Um, right. And if you click it, first of all, okay. So good news is, is open, you know, is notepad is on there, but on my other machine, on my other virtual machine, I installed my favorite app, uh, for opening text files, notepad plus plus, and it wasn't on the list, even on the open with list. Right. Oh, so, uh, so, but it was when you do show more options, right. <laughs> So when you oh when you, there's the one I'm used to seeing right so you get so if you do show more options you get all the options including the ones that it didn't think the other apps that it didn't think about that's the most obvious demonstration of more for less I love it I mean I don't love it but I love that you're able to show this so we have a I want to tell everybody that we have a how-to on Tom's hardware about a registry hack that will bring back the context the Windows 10 context menu. Uh, because God bless. <laughs> because that this is just to me this is the worst thing that they've done in the name of like dumbing down the experience. Oh, we don't want you. You couldn't. Your heart couldn't handle more than seven options or something, or you you'd overload. Your mind would overload, explode or something. We're going to limit you, and not necessarily the best seven options either. So, um, so I find this to be extremely annoying and of course it makes you click an extra time how much of this do you think is brought over from um windows 10x the the touch os that they were making for a bit and they just decided i guess to maybe fuse it with 11 which yeah. then gives us desktop people issues i guess i mean they could of course i mean what is the what are the real issues with touch right the real issues with touch are that icons are too small and so unless you've got a tiny finger, you, you need a larger area to target. Otherwise, you're going to accidentally touch the wrong thing. So I could see that like a traditional start menu is context menu. The stuff is a little bit smaller. This might be harder to, to access. But you could just detect when someone is using touch and make it bigger, right? You like them like a radial menu or whatever. You know there there are other ways to deal with to deal with the problem, right? Um, I mean, I guess the start menu might be more touch friendly because by spacing things out more, it's less likely you'll tap the wrong one. I really wish I had an apple to bite into right now because that's what I'm seeing when I look at this start menu. I the start menu is physically taller. It eats up more of your screen, uh, covers up more of your work if you had other windows going here. So. My advice to folks who have this operating system is use something like use a third party tool like Start is Back uh, or OpenShell, which is free. Uh, and you can get it won't exactly be the Windows 10 menu. It'll be more like the Windows 7 start menu and you'll it'll be more information dense. Uh, I think the bothersome thing is that Start was back. Start wasn't there, then they brought it back, and now it's gone again. It's here, but it's 
so different. It might as well be a different thing. Why do you think they're not happy with the thing that works? So first of all, there's change for change's sake, right? You have to change the UI in order to make it look like something happened. There was progress. Second of all, Microsoft seems to have a Microsoft, Microsoft Windows now has become like Star Trek movies, right? Or at least the original TOS Star Trek movies. That every every other one is good. So, so first you had, like if you go back in the history of, of Windows, right? First you had um, well, like Windows 1 and 2, nobody remembers even. I think it really became a thing for most people when Windows 3.1 came out in the early 90s and that was that was well liked and to be honest windows 95 was was pretty well liked too that was windows, the first one i had windows 98 uh was a little bit more clunky but i guess people liked it maybe you know then you got windows me which was like which was like star trek the motion picture you know, <laughs> uh, clunky long boring nobody Nobody wants to even remember it. Then you get, um, then, you know, then along comes Windows XP and it's like the wrath of Khan. Everybody, everybody loves it. People are still using it. It, it did everything right. Then came along eventually Windows Vista. And that was like, that was like Star Trek V level of bad. And, and it was mainly bad because, Honestly, it was slow and maybe because it was just things weren't, they, they redid the interface in a way that wasn't actually bad, but it, it just, the performance, it, it, the PC at the time couldn't handle it. And then lo and behold, they come out with Windows 7, which is very similar to Vista, but it performs better and it has a fresh coat of paint. And everybody loved Windows 7. Wait, that's an odd numbered one. That's good though. I think the Star Trek analogy is falling apart. Yeah, I mean every other one I, is what I'm trying to say. I and know. I, I just and it's to... not really clear that Windows Seven is real should really be version seven because the version numbers are all are all messed up. Uh, yes, Windows for Work Groups three point one one. Someone points out. Oh yes, we could. And we're not even talking about the separate Windows NT track that was going on where there was Windows NT, NT four, Windows two thousand, and then they they merged them together. But Microsoft that, Bob. Mike, oh yes. So right. So there's a little bit of Microsoft Bob DNA and what's going on here. Because what happened, so what happened is then you hit so Windows 7 was beloved, people liked it, and then Windows 8 came. And there was an impulse on the part of Microsoft like to get rid of the Windows and Windows. We want to have a instead of a start button and menu, there was a start screen. You click it, and it would cover over all of your windows, all your stuff, and you just have these these tiles. And the and people hated it. Um, I mean, theoretically, it wasn't that much different, right? It's that they just took the start menu away, and it, there was a start menu, but it covered over the whole thing. And that and that was and that was frustrating, right? Very. Uh, very frustrating and annoying, and people didn't didn't like it. Finally, and they they tried to get people to use apps that weren't really windowed. They'd sort of like split the screen. So people were annoyed, right? So then you get to Windows 10, which I guess they wanted to mark as being different enough to skip a number. 
right? Which they're which Microsoft isn't among the only ones to do. And oh, hey, you bring back the start menu. Fantastic. People are happy because they got back the thing that they lost. Um, now with Windows 11, they're sort of, hey, we really liked, it's almost like Microsoft saying, we really liked having having really low information density, which is what was bad about Windows 8. It's just you, you had a whole separate screen for, 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 uh, for your navigation instead of having a humble, small menu. You had, you know, the, the way that modern apps were structured, it had, they had bigger fonts and more white space. So for people who are really into productivity, like me, like, no, jam in all my icons in one place, make me click fewer times, have, don't let the navigation get in the way of my work. Like, mm -hmm. like make it easy for me to do stuff with fewer clicks, with fewer visual trans, with fewer visual transitions. Like, yes, with the search thing, you could argue that it's the same number of clicks as it, as it was in 10, right? You can click window S and start searching, but there's something about like having a separate little thing pop up as opposed to having it down here that feels disruptive. It like, it triggers a, it, it triggers my, you know, it triggers some ADD in me or whatever. Like it, 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 it makes me um, distracted. So it's distracting. So anyway, uh, so that, those are the, you know, the primary differences also, um, we have here Microsoft Teams chat has been put onto the taskbar. Uh, other than that, and oh, I think one difference that is really actually a welcome difference that's kind of nice is uh, here where you have this, right. like these different snap options when you hover over the maximize window and it will actually help you, right? That's um, actually more for less because right now I have to press the windows key alongside the arrow keys in a bunch of different ways to try to get my things organized. And sometimes it takes 10, 15 clicks. Um, being able to just click a preset format would be great. Can you favorite formats? Um, no. Oh, no. Almost. But, and, and this handles disconnecting and reconnecting for monitors better. So if you have a laptop and you've docked, the stuff that's on the docked screen will minimize when you unplug so that it won't just end up like mucking up your window layout on the laptop screen. So little things like that are definitely improvements. And, you know, some people like the start menu better. Some people aren't bothered by the context menu or the, the search. And, uh, you know, for them, this is fine. Uh, some overall. People, oh, sorry. Yeah. Some people like Windows Vista, like this strange person named Paul Alcorn. It, Windows Vista was okay if it worked well. And, Paul Alcorn's a staff member here, guys. Yes. Don't worry. Uh, and I remember the event, the launch, the like the launch event for Windows Seven, where I was, I got to actually, it was pretty cool. We got to hang out with some of the developers from Microsoft. This is back in like 2009, and they, I remember getting you know one of them like kind of in the in a corner where we were having some drinks and he said you know we we like vista the problem with vista is that the drivers weren't there and so and so the performance was bad and people thought of it as a sluggish operating system so if you had it working well vista was vista was fine mm -hmm. vista was good but um but that's that's uh that for 
for that. So that's a story from ages past. Yes. So we have a good preview, I guess, a general overview of how Windows 11 works. Uh, we're starting to run up um, the halfway point of the hour. So uh, let's go ahead and get some, some questions going on in here. Um, so we talked about this a little bit, but just to sort of give a quick rundown, Hybotics asks, will I lose any functionality if I upgrade to Windows 11? So like less perform, I know we talked about there not being a ton of performance changes and mostly UI, but what about functionality? What will we gain? Which I think we talked about a little bit and what will we lose? Um, I don't think you really, I mean, you saw the functionality that's there. So I guess you gain those snap windows and better uh, management of the virtual desktops and some better, more touch friendliness on a touch system because of larger icons. And, you know, if you like this widgets tool, you gain that. Uh, as far as lose, I mean, I guess it's the same thing. You lose the UI stuff. Uh, I'm not aware of any major like functionality losses, uh, but if, uh, but if our our reader uh, says Hybotic says that they've heard that many things have major changes, I'm kind of curious what things specifically uh, they've heard about. I've seen Hybotics being active in the chat. Uh, so if you want to drop uh, any elaborations on functionality losses, uh, feel free and we'll address those as those come in. Uh, in the meantime, we have a comment here from another staff member, Jared Walton. Uh, less of a question, more of a comment, but he says, thank goodness for registry hacks. Uh, you talked about registry hacks a lot during your general spiel, Avram. Do you have any guides or, or favorites or things to say oh, about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one, so one sec, let me actually launch one. Awesome. While Abram right. does that, I'll go ahead and answer this question. Uh, how's it going with allowing Android apps to be run in Windows 11? Uh, from the Lich King, Ashgar Ali Hazara here. Uh, hope I didn't butcher your name. Unfortunately, the Android functionality has not been enabled yet for Windows Insider. Uh, so we haven't been able to test that. But that is one feature that I personally am very excited for. So, right, that's a selling point that they're not actually executing on. Um, hopefully, we will eventually get that. That would definitely be a nice improvement if we got it, right? But, but as we, of right now, we have no idea, right? As of as of right now, we have no we have no idea. So, my my two cents on this is that you should assume that you know one of these days you'll get it. One of these yeah. days. I think it was being enabled through uh, Amazon. So there's potentially some lingering happening on, on yeah. their end. Yeah. Also, we don't know how good it's going to be, right? It could, yeah. Uh, it may not work with all apps. Okay. So here's another virtual machine. If my computer goes, gets upset, it might be because I have so many virtual machines open right now. <laughs> Sorry to, to interrupt you during the, the registry. Yes. Uh, Yes. So anyway, where was I? Okay. So I actually, instead of swapping it over, what I have is I actually have the other VM 
one where it has been swapped over on hey what happened to it now i'm lost where'd you go oh here it is okay why is it looking this weird don't don't know don't, don't muck with all don't muck with all your windows when you're okay you know what i'm gonna close that one and i'm just gonna do the registry hack in front of you so, okay uh so one of them that i really like is the context menus so if you Oh, Avram, it seems like you're muted. Okay, so um, so what you want to do, so as I've shown you, the thing that I really dislike here is the context menus. That's my least favorite thing in Windows. If you go and you go to RegEdit, which is for editing your registry, of course, you're going to always be asked, yes, is that okay? Then you want to go to a, you want to go to this registry key, which is hkey current user software classes CLS ID. Then you want to create a, another key under it, which just read the article because I can't even say this. Um, <laughs> it, it which has this weird um, string of numbers. Okay. Um, under that, you're going to create yet another key folder called in proc server 32, right? Um, so another new key in proc server 32. Now in here, there's a value that says value not set. What is really weird is you open this, you leave this blank, and now the data is blank, not value not set. Gonna close this, gonna reboot so that makes sense to me i don't like it but it does make sense to me so once i've rebooted you're going to see that the context menu has changed or at least it should it did yesterday um so that will allow you to get back the the good context menu um, why does that happen from just changing it from value not set to blank i'm going to give the credit here to the people who run win win arrow who, who who figured this out? Yeah, I don't know how you discover this. Wait, now it's not working, so I guess. Oh, no. Uh, it was working on the other one. Did I not do something correctly? It is possible. Uh, but that is what that is supposed to um, to address that problem. Well, folks, so, this is a, a live show, and hacking is always sort of an A-B thing. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, it is It is odd. Okay. Software classes, CLS ID. Mm, okay. Who knows? But we well, are publishing an article on this, correct? We have published an article on it. Wonderful. It on Even better. It's on the site, and I pasted the, the keys from there, so it ought to work. Um, we will... We will we will figure figure it out, but anyway, needless to say, that is one registry hack that that we have. There are other registry hacks for doing things like um, replacing this taskbar with the old-fashioned taskbar. Uh, now that is one I bet will break at some point, but you can. Um, that also brings the context menus back, but it all it makes the taskbar look more like Windows 10, and therefore 
what it therefore it will um allow you to do things like ungroup the icons or change the taskbar size or move the taskbar do you get the the search uh bar in the taskbar with that yes but it doesn't work okay um if you want the to use a taskbar a search bar if you use start is back or open shell um or start 11 um any of those three they have a search box within their replacement start menus and that is something that would that would get the job done gotcha uh i'm going to quickly bring up a question just because it's related to what you were talking about uh will resizing of the taskbar slash icons come um that's something that you can't resize now you said right not officially we actually have a how-to on how to do it on how to resize the taskbar um how to resize and move the taskbar in windows 11. Uh, i will check and make sure that as of the current build it's not broken because every time every registry hack like this gets broken eventually or probably will because microsoft didn't really want you to have them um so that therein lies a problem i really would like um to see Microsoft provide this type of flexibility to their user in the settings menu, why they have to take functionality away, like the ability to drag the taskbar around, resize it, whatever. Uh, it, I feel like that's an insult to the user. Especially like, since this is supposed to be more touch-friendly, right? Being able to have control over the size of things would be half the point. Yeah, I mean, I get that what they might want to do is make it so you have to change a setting somewhere because previously you could just drag, drag this around. And one thing that happens to people sometimes, which I can see the subject of many support calls being somebody like accidentally dragging this or accidentally, I've seen people resize it down to like nothing. And then they're like, my taskbar is gone, right? Uh, and then, you know, I'm sure that there are people in IT support who are like, oh, man, I just had to go drag the boss's taskbar back and what a waste. <laughs> so, like, I I get that they're, for, for people who are not very computer savvy, that these things, that resizing the taskbar or moving the taskbar can lead to support calls. It almost makes me wonder if OSs should come with, like, um, casual, not casual, but, like, beginner mode and like expert mode or something that gives you multiple options of control. I mean, the easy solution there would just be to have this be the default and not make it so that you can just drag it accidentally, but then have it be where if you go to taskbar settings, somewhere in here, there would be a like make taskbar resizable or something like that. Right. Um, you're not you're not you're not looking in that if you're the the type of person all right you're probably not if you're also the type of person who's going to accidentally lose their taskbar um right. and that also makes the um we have our friend hybotics again that makes the uh the os less accessible some people need larger images that's why you uh can resize oh, icons you can, you can actually make it bigger i think so, okay so I believe somewhere here there's a make bigger um is it there i know that there's a way to actually make it bigger or smaller 
That oh, may I also should be mention a registry that's hack. His, hmm? Yeah. Sorry. That says corner icons, completely different thing, but it did remind me that uh, Windows 11 has rounded corners on everything now. Yes. Oh, another great achievement. I mean, <laughs> like, is this really like the reason Worth to make a it a new OS? OS? Like, okay, mm -hmm. great. The corners are rounded. Um, I'm not sure, but somewhere there is a way of making these a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller. Um, this that this reminds me that I should actually. I think we may have a tutorial on this, but if we do not, I absolutely will create will create one in the next couple of days because awesome. that is a good idea to make sure that we make it easy for people to know how they can do it. That may also be a registry hack, but I thought there was. I thought it was in the menu. It's really unfortunate that you have to have all these tutorials in the first place anyway, just to sort of fix the OS on launch to do things that 10 already does. Wait a second there. Okay. It is unfortunate for some people, but it's very fortunate for us because, <laughs> uh, because the, we love, here at Tom's Hardware, we love bugs. We love things that don't work uh, if everything worked easily and uh, easily and did exactly what you want, you wouldn't need to read our website. <laughs> you could just assume that like if Intel says it's the fastest CPU that it is, if uh, you know, if, if, if everything is to your liking, I mean, the challenge, one of the fun things about computers is dealing with computers is the challenge. Now, some things are more challenging than they should be. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and, these are definitely things that are more challenging than they should be because uh, Microsoft should build in the flexibility into the OS. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what? Um, they also present an opportunity for folks to learn and teach. So, um, so I guess that's the, I guess that's the good side of it. Okay. I guess without fires, firefighters would be out of a job. I don't know if everything <laughs> needs to be a five alarm fire. Um, but we are running up on time a little bit. Um, but I do have some questions that I still want to address. We have Oliver back again with the sort of future looking question. When do you think PC slash laptops will come with Windows 11 out of the box? I'm assuming right on the fifth, we'll get some, but maybe not all of them because Windows 11 has some strict requirements. Um, I, okay. I think basically everything that's coming out of the factory right now will have Windows 11 on it. Now, depending on, obviously there's supply chain issues with just hardware, not with the software. Uh, and there were things that have been manufactured months ago that are sitting on the shelf and no one's taking them out of the box. And up, no, there's not a team of people at Best Buy taking the laptops out of the box and upgrading them to Windows 11 and putting them back in. So, uh, so I think you're going to start to see in October, uh, like right away, stuff coming with uh with it on it but whether the preponderance of all of the computers that you see on the shelf at a retail store is are running windows 11 that might take a month or two uh and if you order a new laptop online from lenovo or dell or hp or amazon or new egg uh you it, it probably will still come with windows 10 for a little while uh but uh, you can easily upgrade it if you want to. That's true. That reminds me of this, or that brings me to this next question from Hybotics that uh, says they'll buy a full copy of the new version and do a fresh installation. From my understanding, this is not a thing that you will need to buy, correct? You can just have it. 
Yes. So uh, we have a story that's been very popular for us, how to get Windows 10 for free or cheap. And here's the here's how and Windows 11 works the same will work the same way. So first of all, if you want to upgrade and you've got uh, Windows on your machine now, you can just uh, download the ISO from Microsoft or Windows Update may may work for you or may make you wait. Uh, you download the ISO from Microsoft, and um, I can even show folks what the what the ISO looks like. Hold on. Um, so if you you can just download it from from Microsoft here. Well, it's not going to show me what I wanted, right? Uh, Windows Windows 11 ISO Microsoft. I know it's in our article, so I will. So if you go to the Windows 11 ISO page, which looks like this, um, now right now it's it's insider builds, but I'm pretty sure that in like a week it'll be, it'll have the correct builds, right? So you just scroll down and it's a select edition. So this is the this is what's going to be the the regular edition, the beta, whatever, and then you can just click confirm. You can pick your language, confirm, and then you will, it may take a while, but you can download it. It'll download as an ISO file, which you can then uh, burn to uh, burn right to, to disk. Now, awesome. if you do not have a, a, when you're installing, if you're doing a fresh install on a new computer that doesn't have Windows on it already, or the hard drive has been completely wiped, that is okay. You, it will ask you for a product key, but you can also click, I do not have a product key and it will let you install it. Uh, we, we, what we have seen is that Microsoft doesn't really enforce the product keys. They say that they do. Occasionally you run into issue where you can't change, where it gives you problems in your wallpaper. We actually haven't even seen that. Occasionally you'll get a, you know, this should be activated uh, message. So in that respect, you might want to buy, you might want to buy a product key if you run into that problem, if. Um, but they never, but so far they have never disabled anybody's to, to our knowledge in recent years, they've never say actually disabled anyone's computer or, or anything like that for you not having a product key. Uh, you also do not have to pay $129, uh, which is what the, the MSRP is for a product key. There are, there are sites like Kingwin where their OEM keys for sale you know, where you can get it, get ones for like 25 or $30 if you run in, into that problem. Um, so for, I'm not saying, you know, everybody's comfortable with that. You could absolutely go out and buy, uh, but Microsoft isn't really from our impression. And when we've interviewed them, they're not really that uh, strict about activating windows uh, and selling you these $129 keys because A, they don't make a lot of money off it because there's not that many people doing this. Mm -hmm. And B, you are the product and they want you on. They want you system. on their ecosystem. That's what I was going to say. We got this other question vaguely related earlier in the show from Morgan Ring saying how long after release will it be a free upgrade? And my guess is pretty much indefinitely because selling an operating system for a one-time cost isn't Microsoft's goal, right? Yeah, I mean, they may tell you there have been times when they said the Windows 10 upgrade thing was over, and then you could still go upgrade anyway, right? 
but they would say, oh, you have to say that you need this, this or that. I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird little system going on there. Um, but so I guess they may say that this is they want to position it as an offer like they're doing you a huge favor. Mm -hmm. um, Microsoft, by the way, I think is the only company that actually even pretends to charge people for operating systems. I mean, Linux, Linux is all free. Yeah. I mean, Mac OS comes with your Mac. So I don't know. I, it's just not the, it's not the way to make money anymore. Um, I want to address social media questions quickly before we end, but I do want to say to our friend Hybotix again, who's been giving us plenty of great questions throughout the show. You do not need to feel sorry for the chats. We love the chats. That's the reason we have these shows is so that we can interact with our uh, audience. So thank you for your insightful questions. And speaking of, I just want to make sure before we end the show, uh, we ask for questions from Twitter and Facebook. Um, and I want to make sure those people don't feel left out. So we have most of the questions on our tweet asking for questions ahead of time. We're asking about input lag on Windows 11 versus Windows 10. We talked about that a, a little bit this morning, and our general consensus seems to be it's so early into the operating system that it's difficult to get benchmarks for that kind of thing, and we don't have a high-speed camera. Windows 11 does have more security features, so it's possible that inputs will have to go through more layers before they actually get processed. But, you know, all of that is in the realm of possibility. Avram, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to be significant if there is. Uh, I'm certainly eager to see people testing it because it might have more overhead. I know one thing is that you just got to know. Uh, oh, am I related to Michael Moore? Why Why would I be related? What is he talking? Because you're so informative, Abram. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I have no relatives anymore. Um Maybe Roger Moore. I'm related to Roger. No, I, I wish that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so the I think the answer is we don't really know. Uh, we we don't really know about performance differences, but we do know that a lot of overclockers still like Windows Seven because they think that it has less overhead than Ten. So my guess is that people will will like. Um, will like people who are into performance tuning will probably be late to to upgrade because this just has doesn't really have anything special for them right and it's still sort of not a completely known factor um if we go over to facebook it seems like we've addressed most of their questions uh worrying about motherboard compatibility um of course I don't know if it's motherboards so much as CPUs you need to worry about. And yeah, just if you have a Ryzen 4000 or lower CPU or an Intel CPU that's below eighth gen, you're not officially supported by Windows 11. Can remind me again, can you get around that, Avram? Uh, yes. So I believe that I haven't per se tried it with a seventh gen processor, but uh, there is a... We, we have a story up about how to, if it's not up now, I think it's going up shortly about how to bypass the TPM, which will, which will also bypass uh, 
probably also bypass the CPU requirements. Whether you'll still be able to up get ongoing updates, that is an interesting question. Microsoft has implied that you will not, but but who knows? Uh, because this system turns off the, the checking. So there is there's a tool called the source tool GitHub, and it is called um, Universal Media Creation Tool Wrapper. Wow. And what it does is it actually uses the regular media creation tool from Windows, but it, it sends some information to it. So, gotcha. uh, in fact, there you go. It is it is live. So, um, so if you, I'll put this in the chat. So I used, I spent a good chunk of my day playing with this yesterday and a good chunk of my evening playing with this. So I can tell you that it works. Uh, and I installed it on a couple of different virtual machines, which are, you know, much less powerful than the main machine and don't have TPM. So. Okay. So for that article and more coverage of Windows 11, uh, go ahead and check out our website, tomshardware.com. We'll continue to bring you coverage about registry hacks and how to get past the TPM. And we will also uh, be reviewing the operating system and the systems with the operating system when it goes live on October 5th. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Uh, remember, you can download this show as a podcast as well. And we will see you next week, next Thursday, for more of the Tom's Hardware Show. Avram, any last words? Yeah, I mean, I think think carefully about whether or not you want to upgrade. It, there's no rush to upgrade. Uh, as we've shown, the features aren't that, ex aren't that ex exciting. Oh, Ricky wants to know about enabling a PTT key. Uh, how, on, uh, honestly, I, how can I find this key? Should I store it somewhere? Um, well, I think if you enable TPM, which I think is enabling PTT enables TPM, then I think you're good as far as storing a key. I'm not really sure where you get it or why you would store it. So I think you've, this is a good question, but I, I, you've run into the limit of my knowledge on this topic. Uh, your your question is is not to uh, Ricky Ricky. No, it's work. too advanced. That's it's too advanced. <laughs> it also just seemed we were trying to give a, a general overview of Windows 11. You might have to go to to tech support for this one, uh, but we appreciate you uh, coming to us, and hopefully, we'll be able to have more information once Windows 11. Uh, goes live. Uh, but with the insider build, this is just a, a thing that's a little difficult for us to address right now. Right. Uh, okay. So anyway, you don't, there's no rush to install Windows 11. Uh, Windows 10 support will remain for a long time. And barring the Android feature that everyone is interested in, which you can't, which isn't there right now, in my opinion, there's not an extremely compelling reason to upgrade. I, I think I'm generally on that vibe as well. Um, maybe my mind will change once I actually get a hand on the operating system. Um, and maybe I'll be able to discuss that on next week's Tom's Hardware Show. But for now, I bid you adieu, and I'm going to try to play an ending clip, which is my first time doing this. Bye, everyone.